turn to 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verse 1. That's in the Old Testament for you that really are diligent of the Word. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, what is an earthly house? Your body. Also referred to in the New King James Version as your tent. You hear me say that a lot. That our bodies is the tent. And that implicates that we only dwell in the body. We're not the body. Now, I know that gets really squirrely when you get to thinking about, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I'm not in the body. you just living in that body. Hey, listen, because I sleep in a tent don't mean I am a tent. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not a tent. I'm a, I'm a soul. I'm a being. And I dwell in an earthing vessel. And if anybody teaches you anything other than that, they're teaching you corruption. This tent may be a better thing, but when destroyed, and by the way, this tent is going to be destroyed physically or die. We have a building from God. That is, when you move out of this tent, this body, if you're a believer, you step out of this body into another building. This is what it says. And what building is it? God's building. And the Scripture says, it is a house not made with hands. That is, I step into something God created for me in transition unto the resurrection. Now, we have a biblical proof text of what we're going to look like. Some of y'all think y'all going to look better. Well, if you don't look good then, only the Shekinah glory of God is going to make you look any better. The Scripture says that Jesus came in Mark 9 to the, a point, and by the way, when great things always happened with Jesus, he was on the mountain. You hear what I'm saying? He was up on a mountain. Tennessee's got mountains in it. So does Georgia. I beat you. I wore my orange jersey yesterday teaching uh, coaching ball, and you would have thought it looked like that I was a outcast. I go over to one field, from our field over to the rec league field, wearing orange, a orange hat, and my granddaughter proudly beside me wearing her orange shirt. She said, Papa, don't worry. Me and you are Tennessee. <laughs> I said, quit saying that because when you're with your other Papa, you tell him you're for Georgia. <laughs> Listen, guys. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, listen to this, eternal in the heavens. Now, to me, that's cool. What's that mean? That means that if I 
were to take the course of Terry Stutes and follow him. That I would step out of this tent into a, another building not made by human hands that God has made for me to dwell in. What does it look like? If you read the Transfiguration in Mark 9, the Bible says Jesus was walking along and it was getting close for him to die for you and me. And all of a sudden, I can't, man, if this happened to me, it scared me to death, preacher. Preacher Adam. He was walking along with the disciples and his clothes, read it for yourself. It says it got so white, white beyond the ability for some of you women who know what it is to how, how to get clothes white. It got brighter white because it was the glory white of heaven. Read it. It's, it. It says that in any version you want to read. Then all of a sudden, the disciples looked up and two men were talking to Jesus. One on the left, one on the right. Who were they? Moses and Elijah. Hey! Hello, Moses bummed out. There were people to try to suggest to me because Moses didn't finish the course that he didn't go to heaven. He didn't go to Canaan land. That's a bald-faced lie. Moses was in a body. I don't always want to ask you a stupid question, but I'm going to ask you a stupid question this time. How did they know it was Moses? Because it looked like him. (laughs) Remember, Moses died. His body's in the ground somewhere, deteriorated. And yet he still looked like Moses. Elijah still looked like Elijah. Boy, I hear so many funky teachings. Well, the soul stays in the sleep in the grave. Well, then Jesus is a liar. The Bible teaches that immediately, if five minutes, I don't think it's five minutes, whatever a split heavenly second is, when you die as a believer, there you are with Jesus. You can believe that if you want, but it's just the biblical truth. But by golly, that's a good story. And it's not just a story. It's the truth that you and I, we ought to be telling people about that. We already know that we're mandated in Matthew 28 to tell people about Jesus. And, and the title of the message is going to be, I'll get, I'll get to one point today. I'm sorry. Got three. Not going to tell you what the other two are. But why share Jesus with other people? Why? We could say because, as Paul would say in Corinthians, I can't do anything else but do it. Jeremiah would say, it's burning in my bones. I have to tell it. But you know what? 90% of this church is sitting on it. Oh, Oh, you don't believe me? 
Raise your hand how many shared Jesus in a soul-winning confrontation last week. Few of you. So, am I a liar? Satan has shut us up. I start a softball league in my heart. Who do you think built the field in the first place? It wasn't the field of dreams. It's a field of hell for me to get that field built. Some of you don't care, you don't know, and I ain't gonna bar, uh, I'm not going to bother you with the facts. You know why we started that ball field? You know why we have bought three ball fields now? To see kids get saved. Do you know what Satan wants us to do? To turn it into an argument. To turn it into a place where we fuss with one another over rules. To, 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 do, to, to turn it into a place where we take it out of the spiritual and put it in the flesh. We started the, the food ministry way before Jack, and, and, and we need to be praying for Jack. Jack's retiring, but he wants to stay and work, and, and we got to be praying that God does what he does. Why do we do the food ministry? Is it just because we want somebody to eat? No! We're sharing Jesus. And if they're not sharing Jesus, I need to know it. Thank you. Why do we have a medical clinic? Is it because we're concerned just for people being sick? No. We want them to come in there with a need and tell them about Jesus. Why do you put Bibles in a motel? Is it because you can sit there and brag on how many Bibles you have in a motel? No. It's so people will get saved. Kind of told you I was going to put this in the face, didn't I? I like to preach like this. My heart don't, but I do. I can tell I'm 61, guys. Man, when I was young, I could spit and slobber and walk on britches legs. Now I can barely get up the steps. You know what the enemy likes to do? He likes to get us so focused on ourselves, in our own pride, in our own ego, in our own goofy opinions, that we lose sight. Of the big picture. One day you're going to see it. I don't know when. But one day you're going to see so many people get saved off that ball field. You're going to just shout and you can't do nothing but that. When you get diarrhea, you know what you got to do. And you don't have anything in charge of it. It just takes over. That's what I want the shouting to be like. When we get so excited about seeing so many people get saved. And that we're constantly. We got diarrhea for Jesus. (laughs) We're just running everywhere. Well, that's an illustration. You won't forget that one. And that ain't no book either. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for that. <laughs> Proverbs 11.30 says, He who wins souls is wise. The New Living Translation says, Those who save lives are wise. Let me tell you something. If I knew, if I believed in Calvinism then I wouldn't worry about what I'm talking about today. But I believe that Jesus came, and for whosoever, according to John 3, 16, for whosoever will may come, for whosoever will come to him. Second Peter 3, 9 says he does, God doesn't, he wants us to know that he's being patient about the return of Jesus, and he wants everybody to be saved, and he's, and he's, and he's given us as much time as we can. But there's coming a time the door's going to close. 
If you don't think that door didn't close, then go study Noah on the ark when he warned for, I don't know, I couldn't tell you how many years until finally the Bible says God closed the door. And buddy, they know everybody drowned and died. One day I'll preach to you what I believe biblically is going to take place during the tribulation period. Yeah, Revelation's clear. There'll be some tribulation saints there, but it ain't going to be anybody sitting in these pews. And I'll prove it. You don't accept Jesus now, you end up in the tribulation period, you're going to bust hell wide open. You say, Mike, you believe? I believe it, then I got biblical proof. You better accept him while the door is open. You better accept Jesus while today is the day for salvation. And, and if that's true for you, then why are we so selfish with it and we're not willing to go out into the community and share it? Why? Out on Facebook, y'all share a bunch of dumb stuff. And the reason that I know it <clears throat> is because my wife will let me every once in a while read it. And I go, they said, what? What? They said, you're kidding Boy, I just have a glorified hallelujah mad fit of some of the stuff that some of y'all put on Facebook. I said this in the early service, and I mean this with all my heart. What happens if you finally made Facebook the tool it could be, and you just begin to all of a sudden quit gossiping about everybody and quit telling everybody every, every time you pass gas, and start telling everybody about Jesus. Think about it. Start taking your Bible and looking up verses. You want to put the right verses out? Put the ver verses about salvation. It's full of them. Put the verses. You want to give the right scriptures out? Give the promises of God. And start using Facebook like it could be used, and you'll see a world of difference begin to take place. First of all, they're going to think you got saved because of the junk you put out there. Philippians 3.20 says, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him, who's him, Jesus, to return as our Savior. He will take these weak mortal bodies of ours, change them into glorious bodies. What kind of glorious bodies? Well, I, look at Moses. You know what I think is so cool? I wished I could do this just to mess with your mind. I wished all of a sudden I'd be speaking and the Lord just let me just disappear. And then reappear. I guarantee you some of you might have been catnapping, but you wouldn't be catnapping anymore. Somebody wear you out. Did you see that? The disciples sitting there, Jesus and Moses and Elijah, and all of a sudden they turn around. Moses and Elijah gone. Just Jesus and the disciples. That gives me cold chills just to think about that. Look, we've got some of the most wonderful stuff in all of God's green earth to share. Do we share it? No. We go on Facebook and gossip. And by the way, that breaks my heart when y'all do that. When y'all talk about one another out there on Facebook, 
when y'all cut people, oh, that's, that's, it, it rips my guts out. And that's the only reason I'm telling you about it today because I'm not the only one reading that stuff. Every friend you've got or every, and I ain't going to go there no more. He will take these weak mortal bodies of ours and change them into the glorious bodies like his own using the same mighty power that we will use, he will use to conquer everything everywhere. You know what? Our citizenship, the Bible says, is in heaven. Therefore, which we also eagerly wait for the return of Jesus. And I do. And, and I, I can't wait till Jesus gets back. I, I can't wait for his return. But you know what? I know that God had a plan and he had a purpose and he had a promise. And he sent Jesus for something. And I'll tell you why he sent him. Not only to free us up and give us liberty through the grace of God, but also so that we would have in within us the, the burning unction to want to share with the lost people. And we need to do that. Some of you are sitting here saying, I don't know how to share Jesus. Then show up Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I know all there is about showing and sharing Jesus. I can teach you. Then show up at 7 o'clock. Who knows? I might get sick and need you to teach it. What's the deal, guys? Why are we sitting on the, the, the golden egg of spiritual truth and knowledge that would... You know, it kind of reminds me what took place during the time of Josiah's reign. When Jeremiah, right before he went to preaching, the Word of God had gotten so where nobody was sharing it. It was locked up, I think, in the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not sure about that. In the, oh, and all of a sudden, the Word of God came out. They discovered it. it. Everybody began to read it, and revival took place in the land. Boy, don't we take reading the Bible for granted. By the way, anybody reading the Bible? Who, who spends every day getting up at one point in time in this church reading the Bible at least five, ten minutes? Raise your hand. I got a few. And you want to be counted as a good soldier to face the battles that he brings? You'll never make it. Satan will wear you out. Matter of fact, he's already wearing some of you out. Privately inside, in your mind and in your heart, coming out of your mouth, what you let your eyes see and what you're hearing. It's showing. But boy, boy, when it goes viral in public, it'll be nasty. Well, Mike, get to the point, Okay. One of the reasons that we need to be sharing Jesus because there is a heaven that is real. Heaven is for real. When my mama died, she was there with Jesus. She got to see Terry. She got to see Lanny. My dad. She lost babies. She got to see them. She got to see all of her family. My Mammy Smith, who read her Bible every day, she might have been a dip-snuffing uh, a country girl, but that woman loved Jesus. Now, she couldn't have come to this church because y'all would have criticized her so bad because she dip-snuffed. And then I would have whooped your you-know-what. 
My Mammy Smith loved Jesus. She told me about Jesus. She talked about Jesus. And I, know, I always knew she was dipping snuff because it went down the same time. It was equal. One day I said, Mammy, can I have some of that rooster snuff? She said, I don't think you can handle it. My cousin Randy was with me. I said, let us try. She got the biggest spoonful of that red rooster snuff she could get and popped it in both of our mouths. She was right. We weren't men enough. <laughs> that woman. Now, did she consider it a vice? Probably. But what vice do you have? You want to pick on everybody else's vices, but what vice do you have? You want to judge people. Well, then, can I judge you? Because the Bible says, if you're going to judge, let me judge you. Because the judgment's going to come back well, however you give it out. Are you reading your Bible? And by the way, Jesus teaches that. For 2 Corinthians 5, 1 talks about how you and I have a heaven. It's a safe deposit box, a place where we put our heavenly treasure. Isn't that neat? Now, I said this in the early service. If you, you, you need to be saving a dollar a day. That's right. Some of you don't even know what the word save means. But I can take you to a passage where you're supposed to be saving at least double or three times what you make daily. You're supposed to duplicate. But the bank doesn't pay but less than a percent on interest, does it? Some of you, when, if you'd save money, when catastrophe comes, you ever heard this? Save a little for the rainy day. And I hear people, that's oh, just a lack of faith. Oh, it is? Well, don't ask me to bail you out when you, don't, when you need help then. Let me tell you something. I believe in one thing in the Bible. Now, I'll tell you what, I wake up every day with this on my mind if I don't say it. God, give me the faith of the widow who fed Elijah and had enough oil only to go in to feed him and feed them and die. And she did it. Give me that kind of faith because I'm going to tell you what, that's worth more than any money you got. That's worth more. I don't care if you got millions in the bank. That's worth more than the millions because I've watched millions disappear. But having the faith of that widow is to trust him to know that if it looks bad, it's only going to be bad for a while because he's going to take care of it. You're living for him. Every day you're meeting with him. You're walking with him. You're talking with him. You're communing with him. Some of you are still going to be so shell-shocked when you get to heaven because you ain't talked to Jesus in a long time. When the Bible says we're citizens of heaven, when? Right now. Hey, listen, I got a mailbox. I got a room. I know you want a mansion, but, but the Greek text says many rooms. Sorry. But you know what? When I went to Florida, I was just praying to get a room because it's spring break weekend. And I, I was thinking, oh, Lord, we ain't going to get nothing. On the beach, it was 140, 150, 160 a month. 
a night. Cindy calls and gets one for 80, a Ramada Inn, not on the beach. I was glad to get it. But it ain't nothing like the address in the room that's waiting me when I die and enter on the other side. Matthew 6, 20. But do not lay up treasures for yourselves upon this earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break through and steal. Here, listen to this. But lay up treasures in where? Heaven. How do you do that? I mean, you know how to put what little money you got in the bank, and you women surely know how to spend it. And so do you men. I know our toys cost more than your ladies' toys. They just always will. How do you lay up treasure in heaven? I'll tell you one way. It's connected with the soul winner's crown. Share Jesus. Your job, my job, not save anybody. We can't do it. But we can share the best news that we've got, the news that you heard to get saved. We can share that. We, we don't need to be cramming it down nobody's throat. We don't need to be beating them over head with a Bible. You don't have to. Just tell them the love of Jesus. And if they shut you down, shut up. You're bruising the fruit beyond that. Keep your mouth shut. I've kept my mouth shut on a bunch of people, and I've talked about what I knew they'd talk about, only to later come around and lead them to Jesus. They needed to trust me first because the Holy Spirit wasn't working with them. But when the Holy Spirit got in there, it was easy. It was so easy, it scared me to death. I wanted to, I wanted to repeat what I just did. It was so easy. You don't have to beat people over the head when God's in it. After all, how'd Adam get saved? Wasn't nobody around tell him. Luke 10, 20 says, but don't rejoice because of the evil spirits obey, because evil spirits obey you because your names are written and registered in heaven. I'm going to stop right there because I'll pick up next week on it. I'll close this illustration. My wife and I lived in a little 72-foot trailer while we were in our first pastorate. By the way, we went through it when we came back. Everybody died about two or three. <clears throat> don't know nobody no more. And so... I'd go over on the weekends, go to school. I'd, I, I drove 38 miles over the weekend, stay in that little trailer and preach on the weekend, visit the sick, go to the go whatever, share Jesus, whatever I had to do. <laughs> Listen now, on Friday night, Cindy woke me up one night and said, do you hear that? I said, hear what? You don't hear that? And all of a sudden, I started listening. Footsteps walking down the hallway. I said, go back to sleep, woman. <laughs> Saturday night, same thing. That went on about two weeks every weekend. One night she woke me up. You hear that? And door slammed. She said, go, Mike, go see who that is. I said, you go see who it is. <laughs> I'm scared. 
I didn't have my gun permit and a judge with 410 bullets in it then. Couldn't afford a gun. She didn't go. I didn't go. We sat there and shook in the bed. So I went to school, and I talked to some of my buddies that was outside this dull Baptist faith, and they were in that little exciting other, that stuff, and, you know, on the charismatic side. I said, man, you ever heard anything like this? He said, I sure have. I said, what do I do? He said, you've got to cleanse that trailer. I said, you got a power washer I can borrow? Because <laughs> something got to give. I ain't sleeping. Now, I ain't lying, guys. My wife will vouch for that. I'm telling the honest to God truth. So I said, Cleanse it. What does that mean? Get verses in the Bible, claim the blood, go over there where Jesus cast out demons, claim victory, greater is he, greater is he that's in you than he then. Man, I did. <laughs> they'd have put me in the hospital if they'd have seen what I did. I said, come on, Cindy, you're going with me. We, we went through every room, and we were concerned about our kids. I mean, our, they were small. We didn't want them hurting them demons. Anyway, we took that, we took that, we took that and claimed the blood. Get out of here. Flee in the name of Jesus. Go to dry places. By the way, you're going to cast any out. You better send them somewhere. Better send them somewhere. And where the Bible says, send them to dry places. We sent them things to dry places. I felt so good. I went and preached that next Sunday. Next week, I was waiting on Friday night. We laid there. She looking at me. We didn't hear nothing. Ah, that would probably come up Saturday night. Saturday night, didn't hear nothing. And the reason for it is, it's not under my command. This Bible says, don't glory in the fact that you have the ability to claim that the, the demons have to obey you. Don't go glorying in that junk. Just know it and use it when you, when you need it. But understand what you and I are to be all excited about is that we have been written as a believer and registered in the Lamb's book of life. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to open the book and read the names. And if your name is not there, you're not going. You're not going. So my question to you today, is your name registered? written by the blood finger of Jesus in the Lamb's book of life. Let's pray.